Hey, what is going on, guys? We're shaking. It is Filmcast episode number 36. See, I didn't 36. forget this week. <laughs> I am Isaiah Bryant. With me, as always, it is Alex Green. And uh, hey, welcome on in, guys. Uh, this is Filmcast. We talk every week about movies and uh, sometimes TV, but uh, then I correct Alex and hit him with a stick. And we talk about movies again. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then he does the same for me when I talk about Star Wars. He hits me with a stick and we talk about regular movies. Back on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. Anyways, every week we talk about different movies, uh, older movies you might have seen, newer movies you probably haven't yet. Uh, this week we're going to talk about a little movie called The Gentleman. Uh, we'll see about the title. But a uh, little movie by a guy named Guy Ritchie. A guy named Guy. Yeah. Uh, that's a weird name for a kid, right? A fella, a dude, and a guy named Guy You wouldn't Ritchie. name your kid Fella. I know a dude... I go to the burger stand every Well, Friday. I guess fella Kuti. So, I yeah, know a damn. dude named Guy. It's I, weird. I knew a girl. It's weird named, calling him I knew guy. a girl named Love New York. So, there you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> I knew. Wait, wait. Oh, never mind. I was going to say. Never mind. Anyways. <laughs> I knew. Wait, no. I knew a girl named Holiday Lovely. That's a hell of a name. Holiday Lovely? Yeah. Was she uh, uh, what they call an erotic dancer? She Exotic was Exotic dancer, excuse I me. I was just, like my freshman year in high school when I knew of this girl and she holiday? was like a grade ahead of me you say holiday so, love holiday lovely first name was holiday actually I probably shouldn't be divulging someone's <laughs> first and last name <laughs> I mean there's Listen, I'm sure there are plenty of girls in the United States and around the world named Holiday Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was it Holiday with two? Never, anyways. Yeah, fuck it. No, no. <laughs> See, we're both, we're both hitting each other with sticks yeah. now and get back on target. <laughs> anyways, uh, it's January, as you probably know, because, uh, well, you guys might be listening to this still in February, but anyways, um, January is known as the uh, worst time ever in movies. <laughs> I would say January through March is graveyard season. It's like the dead zone. Um, we did get 1917 earlier this well earlier this year, but technically last year. I think it's slowly changing um, a little bit. Bad Boy, yeah, it's it's getting there. Like I mean, like we Bad Boys and the Gentleman both came mic, out. Are on mic? I can't remember. Uh, Kingsman was the, one of the first movies that just kicked in ass March, in March. Yeah. Uh, not great, but Batman v Superman and also Man of Steel were March mm, releases, if yeah, I remember correctly. Um, and Suicide Squad, I believe. I think no, Suicide Squad. Uh, or uh, was it Wonder Woman? Wonder, Wonder Woman. No, Wonder Woman right. was a June release, I think, or no, May. No, no, no it way. Was, no, and then um, Suicide Squad was a September or August release. Wow, really? Suicide Squad definitely was, and I think. Wonder Woman was either May or June. That's crazy. Yeah, you're right. June 2nd. Well, anyways. Uh, January specifically has such a great fare as the sixth Grudge movie. Uh, 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 if you'd like to see that. I've heard some bad things. Um, about movie Like a Boss, which you've seen. Solid movie. Funny. It's, I mean, it's not a classic. It's no Bridesmaids or anything, but it's... Uh... Really funny, and Tiffany Haddish is always a delight. And uh, the notorious bomb Doolittle, which uh, has it. I mean, not Bro, not to put too much stock in it, but eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Can we get an F? Can we get an F for Robert Downey? F yeah. Oh, right. Hit that yeah. F on your keyboard. Pay respects, because I that's mean, off voice. Like that's one of those movies, and I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week, um, but that's one of those movies where. Because of reshoots, because of a whole bunch of other factors, it just bloats and bloats and bloats. And it gets so far beyond it's anybody's just, handling, you know what I mean? Which, it really, like, 
bums like in this. School, it's a shame, really. That it it, just, it really bums me out for any like not just Robert Downey but like any director or writer or actor that's a passion project that they've been trying to get off the ground for forever. Right. For it to feel like what's it called? Um. Andy Circus when he wanted to make his own Jungle Book movie. Oh, in Disney, wow. And then he released it to Netflix and all, like, and nobody gave a shit. It's, it's, effects were awful. It's kind of like that a little bit, where it's just like they are trying so hard to just make a project that they, like, hold dear. And it's just. You can't see the forest for the trees almost. You mm. get so obsessed with making that project. Yeah. That you don't notice all the shit that. Pointing to not make all it the roadblocks and everything that are just hampering it. But Robert Downey Jr. plowed ahead and he landed on the January release because that's where they dump movies that people want to go see because they still have a little bit of that Christmas holiday cheer, but it's running out quick. So they want to see junk. very quick. I mean, that's when we're all taking down our lights again, depressed again because they want to see junk Christmas in the movie theaters to just remind them that life has no meaning. Yeah, <laughs> to um, escape. But I say all of that to say that uh, we're not going to talk about a movie this week, <laughs> except for the gentleman later on in the half, um, just because there's not much out this week. It's really not this month. I mean, we're we're creeping up on a year since our Shazam talk that never aired and failed. That's true. But, um, That's true. And honestly, like we probably have a. Not that I'm going to say we're not going to talk about movies for the next few weeks, but like this is going to be a rough. Pickens. This, this is, is this will be our and you know our, our first about. our one year anniversary is in March of this year. Yep. So I think from here to our one year anniversary is going to be the real test. It's it's no man's land. World it's going to be no it's going to be our it's going to be the drive to see what we can come up with content wise, uh, discussion wise. Just because we can't, we'll have movies that are coming out and we will react to movies always, but. It's one of those things we're going to have to be strategic in what we pick. We know? might even, I mean, in between episodes, for like whatever, next week's episode or whatever, whenever we do it, uh, we might have, um, not might have to, we're going to have to brainstorm oh, yeah. what to talk about uh, instead of like, oh, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we'll yeah, talk about this and this. Ugh. You know, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, that's more of a peek behind the curtains, but like I said, it's January and... You'll, we have a nice little discussion about the gentleman coming for you guys, so Definitely. why not give you a little inside baseball? It's actually one of the fewer newer movies that actually gives us a lot to talk about, I feel like. Yeah, I, I was surprised because, you know, just to give you guys how the peak is how the sausage is made, we recorded our gentleman discussion already. <gasps> Oh, le gasp. <laughs> uh, the immersion is ruined. It's broken. <laughs> but uh, I, I was surprised it. that I was surprised that we had as much to say about the gentleman as we did. And I mean, it's one of the first, uh, I mean, we did, we talked about it. it's the first original I've seen this year. Um, the first or the second you've seen. But it is kind of the project you don't really get to see made anymore. You know, uh, 22 mil budget. Um. Like I said in the discussion, Peanuts, comparatively nowadays. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by the same guy. Produced by him. Uh, had a couple distribution companies, but for the most part, it was him. Yeah. And we always talk about that. I mean, that's that's like the... That's the uh, sludge of our underground New York City in Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> of a show. Yeah. Is the, is the auteur versus theater or 
uh, movie company mm-hmm. pipeline. Mm-hmm. That's our sludge in, in Ghostbusters is just that discussion. <laughs> With that, that we're always going to talk. Come back to that whether mm-hmm. we want independently driven stuff or like company driven stuff. And we've gotten a good mix of both. Like even a blend of both. Like Doctor Sleep is the perfect example. Oh yeah. Where it's a it's definitely a Warner movie. But it's. But really you know, what I mean, good. it has like, all. Uh, Joker is the same thing. Even though Joker is a comic book movie, and it is a, a spinoff in a way, it's an original, original, as original as you can get script. Both those movies are big production company like films where the production company hired correctly. Right. They and hired it, the right people for the job. They're uh, they're director driven mm-hmm. but studio funded mm-hmm. and it's kind of an inverse of how shit used to be where you know the, the studio would just pick a director and like oh you're gonna make us this cowboy movie you're mm-hmm. gonna make us this movie cause and we were talking about before like I can't get enough I can't gush enough about Doctor Sleep yeah I mean you guys are gonna probably hear that for years now oh, <laughs> like, we love Doctor Sleep at least from us like that's a movie that we roost on and love yeah. the more we think about it and it's and i mean but even even more uh uh widespread appeal fair like uh like your midsummers yeah like i, I mean pretty much anything that a24 is doing um but A24's like fucking killing it right now yeah like i mean they're just hit after hit after hit uh, but honestly gems. like netflix is doing to a certain extent Recently, yeah, like I mean, A24 they, has always been back kind of kicking ass. Whereas, like, Netflix just within this past like two seasons, oh, but like, summer and fall, like, they've been fucking killing it. Well, I mean, even just for for movies, for just like specifically either director or written driven projects, I mean, they just gave Martin Scorsese his thing, you know, yeah, but that's all within a span one. of you got El Camino, you got Marriage Story, you got Irishman, like, but that's. All yeah, last eight months for whereas, sure. Whereas, like, like everything from like a year and a half from now, like Netflix has been struggling with movies, with good yeah. movies. Yeah, like that's true. Within the past like five six months, like they've had like at least three movies that are Oscar bait. But I Legit think that that's Oscar bait. That's the one. That's the one ace that Netflix will always have is that they have that ability and also the the market research, the data, all of that. To, if they're lacking in an area, they can flood that area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If yeah. Oh, we're lacking in TV? Not anymore. We got Stranger Things. We got Orange is the New Black. We got Fucking Ozark. Awesome we got this, that, that, and the shit. other. You know what I mean? So if, they're, if there's anything that they start lacking behind in that Hulu has or Disney Plus has, Netflix will spend the money. Like, they'll go way out of pocket yeah. for something like The Irishman because they know it's going to win them an Oscar. My only point is that up until recently, they're finally finding their footing with film. Oh, for sure, for sure. Whereas where they they've always kicked ass with they've always kicked ass with shows. Yeah, but recently, like they're wait. getting that pat on the back for film. You got to wait through a couple of Cloverfield paradoxes. I mean, it's trial and to error to get a marriage story. It's trial and error for sure. You, you learn from your mistakes. Like honestly, like, their early on best first success for film was uh, Beasts of No Nation. Yeah, and then after it's that, and Bird Box was cool. It was a cool concept. But... And I mean, they had Bright. They've had. They've had. And see, that's the thing. I feel like they've had popular movies, 
but they haven't had acclaimed movies. Yeah, they, they you know had Beasts I mean? of No Nation like and then Bright, a big gap Bright, until now. Bright was a big deal. Bird Box was a big deal, of course. But Bright was... There were least... a couple others that were like big in that same way. But nothing that was like, okay, this is big and it's good. Yeah. In the way that Marriage Story is. Or The Irishman, which I still haven't seen it, guys. I'm not... It's just three hours. Three hours and 20 minutes. That's... We'll, we'll, me and you will watch that. I mean, hell, like, when we get cracking on, like, maybe videos for YouTube, we can do a just commentary while we watch. Yeah. That's something, a, that's something that requires a comfy setting and some delicious, yummy food. They'd have to keep me awake. Yeah, yeah well... Yeah. You know. But, um... Well, we, we'll find ways around that. We're not going to tell you guys about But that. I think we'll that, uh... That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've, they've spliced together well the whole, uh... Autora theory, as it was called back in my day. And, um, the studio system. The studio system has kind of learned to evolve. In, the, in a weird way, they did what music didn't. Because, mm-hmm. you know, music, Napster came along and iTunes and everything like that. Napster, and wow. me And, like, the music industry was so resistant to that change. Like, they're still selling CDs now. Fucking LimeWire. You know what I mean? But they were so resistant to that change of the digital era that now music companies, they're, like, an afterthought. Not even that, but, like, Whereas views, just getting views were considered a play. Views are just, it's money now. Yeah. It's like, it's not it's selling different, albums it's anymore. Game. It's like, how many views can you get on your video? Exactly. Uh, for your and, music um, video. But I feel like movies have done the the opposite, where they've kind of embraced the, uh, for lack of a better word, the digitization of movies. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh, okay, people want to watch movies immediately? Okay, well, here's movies immediately. The, Same day they're in the theater, you can watch it at your house. That's the one scary thing about the digitalization about movies is, and I'm a like I get it. Disney's done some you know messed up stuff, and people have rightful, the rightfully they criticize it and all. They're the second biggest uh, stockpiler of explosives in the but, United States. But that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> what I'm saying is. A lot of people, like, when they get all self-righteous about Disney, I like to roll my eyes. But one point that I can agree with them on is there's a rumor that since now that Disney has bought Fox, a lot of the movies that Fox has made are going into the Disney vault. Ah. So, like, and one of the rumors I heard was Raising Arizona with Nicolas Cage, one of the early Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. That's going into the vault to where, like, Fox you can't owned. buy it on DVD or digital for until whenever they decide to re-release it again. Yeah. So, like, that's the only... If that is true, that's the only thing that scares me about the digitalization right now. Is, like... Like, Disney Plus already took off Home Alone. So, like, the whole point is, like, own your content. Don't yeah. rely on streaming services I, with their licensing agreement. Like, I will say there has... Yeah, exactly. And um, there has been a big discussion on uh, just internet forums and different... Um, different nerdy film discussion places about that whole thing of the um, about the archiving of, of film from now on film and television mostly because you know back in the day they they would have not just the Library of Congress but the library Library of Congress is the perfect yeah. example they would have these kinds of areas that things would be enshrined in to you know, keep history of it. You know, they would have it's a lot of public uh, domain stuff. Exactly, uh, a lot of stuff that was put away because of, you know, the copyright expired, whatever, whatever, whatever. 
but what I, what I'm saying is that keeping track of media and what we what we actually consume is going to be so much more difficult. Well, when physical copies cease to exist. Yeah, but I mean, you can't get, like. Uh, of course, the most popular stuff you can buy, you know, your Oranges, the New Blacks, Stranger Things, you can buy DVD sets, but mm-hmm. you can't buy DVD sets of, you know, the stuff that lasts one or two seasons on Netflix and, you know, HBO and all those other se- like, shows. Like, what if, like, you know, a library in the future, like, 150 years from now, <laughs> and, like, the retro DVD section, there's Queen of the Damned. Is in that the, public in domain the, anymore? In the Rufus future? You know, like... Well, it would be public domain because usually it's a hundred uh, for what is it for for a creative queen for a creative project it's like a hundred years. Oh, rest in peace, Leah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, queen of Dams isn't awful. It's okay. It's it's awful in a sense that it's a sequel to uh, Interview with a Vampire because it's not even really on par as like good as that movie was. Uh, in regards of acting and casting, like it looked like it was some CW. Aaliyah was literally the best thing for that entire movie. She embodied the role of, uh, you know, the Queen of the Damned. Yeah, but everybody else like playing, you know. Uh, God, Louis can you tell and... us January? We're talking about fucking Queen of the Damned. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the complexity of the movie industry and also the Aaliyah classic, Queen of the Damned. But uh, it only is a classic sli- because of her, though. Only slightly, wor- only slightly less worse than Romeo Must Die. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, wasn't she supposed to be a Matrix? Wasn't she supposed to be Naomi? Nairobi. Nairobi, excuse me. And then Jane Pinkett got it. Yeah. I only remember Nairobi's name because they said it like six times in the minute that she was introduced. I'm pretty sure she was literally had the role like I believe they it, casted man. her and everything, but uh, Jada Pinkett. I think. One day we're gonna have to do uh, our all time uh, what if casts because there are so many different ones. I mean, Will Smith turned down being Neo. Will Smith turned out being Django. I know. Like, what the fuck are you thinking, Will? He wanted to be. He wanted to be a ham, like. Well, he didn't. Well, for Django, I understand because he didn't want to be a slave. No, it wasn't just the slave stuff. So that I. I it wasn't get. just the slave stuff. Every cool thing that Christopher. Uh, oh, Christoph Waltz did, did. He wanted to do. He goes, no, I want to do it instead. Ah, interesting. Like the scene where, like, he shoots the sheriff and uh, shit. Not the sheriff, but the brothers at the plantation. Uh, they're running through yeah. the like. With the sniper, like even though Django has been born and raised, a, not born, but like raised like a slave, like all of a sudden he's like got like, marksman ac- accuracy with. A I scope. mean, technically they did do that, but no, but with that's different from with a scope. Yeah, for sure, a handgun uh, versus a rifle. What mean. But shooting a moving object, like point yards is, away. Will Smith turned down both roles, and that's kind of crazy. It was literally just to be uh, a ham. That's what it was. Yeah, but I mean... Um, but Tarantino fucking script. You don't turn that down. I mean, they Oof. different strokes. But it's January. You would have been we're, a great Django. We're, we're vamping. I mean, this, the episode title might be the one about vamping. <laughs> the one about you can't find a topic. Borderline after hours. It's a borderline... Yeah, the first half of this is borderline after hours episode. Yeah. Um, we're just talking about movies. Um, I like going to the theater. I do too. Uh, concession is outrageous. 
That's why you gotta get on that A-list, bro. Get on that status with me, man. <laughs> yeah, they have the trailer before the movie. Enjoy your status. Literally, like, we are better than all the other guests that come uh, to no, no, no. We get our line. We're, we get we get their stuff faster than the, you know, come on. Oh, the haves and the have-nots, huh? People address me as my lord. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm joking. They bring a drink right to you? and They, they, they do. Spit they spit it into your mouth like a baby bird? Well, it's, not that. But, <laughs> but I know if like you order your food on the app, they bring it to your seat in the theater now. Which, I don't Ooh. like that. I'd rather just get up and go to the I I kind of don't fuck with that either. Like uh, If you guys live down south, you have this chain called Studio Movie Grill. Kind of a little cheaper chain. But AMC does it too, though. Uh, AMC does it too as well. And I think Movie Co. did it before they got out of business. But... Don't fucking walk in front of me when I'm walking watching a movie, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, there were people, uh, we went to see Parasite, of course, tonight. And there were people walking in front of us during parts of the movie that were kind of crucial. I was like, come on, guys. Like, it's Except different. Titles. Come on. It's different when I'm watching a bootleg copy at home and I can just rewind it <laughs> when a person walks in front of it. But it's, you know, we're in the theater. You know what I've Crouch. noticed? The last few times we've been to the movies, there have been some talkative fucking people in them. Yeah, I think that's all. Movie theater etiquette is always going to be one of those. Yeah, but it's been consistent the last three. The couple next to us was a little chatty at the beginning of the movie. And yeah. then when we went to go see Bad Boys. Oh, we saw people, Bad Boys. I was about to I was about to jump over my seat. These the people, people were so in front of us, oh, the they couple, wouldn't shut the hell up. They wouldn't go stop. And then what did we see before Bad Boys? There was something else where people weren't 1917. Yeah, the, another couple in front of us. In wouldn't shut the hell up. Like I get it. I mean, yeah, but now, they took a full volume. Definitely phone days have kind of changed theater etiquette cuz back in the day like theaters were like gospel like everybody shut the hell up. You know what I mean? Now, it's a little softer. Like, people lean over to each other and talk. I mean, we do that every now and then. The Try not to. We're speaking full volume. Yeah. Come on, guys. But for the most part, I think that that's, that's one of those things that's going to go into evolving the theater experience is how do phones and communication figure into... Because we communicate every single second now. Mm. It used to be back in the day, you go into a movie theater, that's one of the only places you're not talking to somebody for two hours. Yeah. With a cell phone, that's not true anymore. Go on social media. Yeah, I mean, we both, you and I both check Instagram and shit sometimes during movies. We try not to, of course, especially if we haven't seen the movie. But, like, for Parasite, for instance, which I've seen, I was in the theater checking my phone during parts that I knew what was happening. Yeah. So, I, I think that maybe you can't bring back movie theater ushers nowadays. In America, they would get shot. I mean, the best <laughs> thing you can do them. is, like, if someone's talking. You go out of the theater, Give you snitch that on them. Glare. Oh yeah, that too. And then somebody, and like that's you sit too, there, and then like five minutes later, he's like, "I've got some complaints about you." You know, oh. like, and they, you know, something. I, I just think, I almost got something's got to give, man. Being a little, I was, I think nine or ten when the first Fast and Furious came out. Oh boy! And me and my buddy Yabba Jake, dabba do, as they would say, me and my lifelong buddy Jake that I've known since I was like three or four, like my earliest friend. He took me to go see Fast and Furious, and we went to the movie theater. I'm like nine, maybe, like third grade. My parents left me to go. What arcade machine did you play when you went there? We didn't, but the money, the $20 bill that they gave us, because tickets were cheaper then, we went to the KB Toys and Ah, bought some toys. Damn, really? Yeah, and then we lied and said we bought like concessions like popcorn, like, and all that. Like, we don't have it anymore. (laughs) And it was, um, 
I think they had Attack of the Clones, um, or, um, action toy figures. But anyways, or some sort of Legos. But anyways, we bought the toys, and we went to the theater, got our tickets, and there was, you know, some bad kids in the back. Some bad boys? Some real bad boys. Some real pop, you know, proper naughty boys. Like, <laughs> anyways. Some ripe chaps were in the back. And they came, um, and kept messing with us, and kicking the back of our chairs, and I went and told, uh... I went to the bathroom and I went and told somebody that people were messing with this and like 10 minutes later to like play cool like they waited 10 minutes and they came in and told hey them hey guys we got some uh, complaints about you guys and then after we said that like one of the kids came up behind our chairs and goes when this movie's over I'm gonna fuck you guys up and, I was like, <laughs> and we're like nine like oh no <laughs> I just and this is when we were seeing the first Fast and the Furious movie, and I'm like, oh my god. Like, oh no, I have to get my ass whipped after seeing Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul Walker. Like, pretty boy Paul Walker. But we ended up going to the bathroom and, like, assembling the Legos or whatever toy we bought in the bathroom. Yeah, and then we man. came out into the lobby and they were gone. I mean, Simple times, it. man. Simple times. That was, I mean, Times no. when uh, January didn't have to have terrible podcast yeah. episodes. Yeah. Well, that and simple times when like grown adults didn't leave nine year olds by themselves at a movie theater. No one, no one nowadays. Man, does those that. used to be the days, right? Nobody does that. Going no to more. the theaters by yourself. Can you imagine right now, this day and age, two thousand twenty, a nine year old by himself with no parent supervision at a movie theater? A movie? <laughs> what was that word you just said? Supervision. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, you can tell it's January, right? Yeah. Anyway, I've been rambling. Though. No, me head. too, because we just. <coughs> but that was a movie related story. I think. Um, I don't know. I, I think that, like I said earlier, this is going to be the real test. Between now and March, between now and the first yeah. year anniversary, we're going to have to decide. Because older movies, they have the one disadvantage of. Maybe not everybody's seen them, or maybe not everybody's interested in that. Mm. You know what I mean? So, that's always going to be like a, a struggle. Like, oh, I mean, man, like anything... can't go too old. True. Like anything, you got to adapt. You're not wrong. We've done way longer on the first half of this episode than we intended to, um, just because we've been rambling. <coughs> um, My bad. Please excuse <laughs> this episode. Like I said, I have no clue what we're going to call this one. Movie talk? The like, one the one about stuff and things. Oh stuff and things. The one <laughs> about stuff and things. And the gentleman. <laughs> and the gentleman. Yeah, and that might do it. Just yeah, overall movie experiences, I guess. Too. Yeah, I mean it's like I said, January. <coughs> um it's also very early in the morning. Um and we did our gentleman discussion before this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that is going to be it for the first half of our episode. I'm going to play a little interlude to distract you guys from how uh, sparse this episode was. And then when we get back, we have a long discussion about uh, some very dapper gentlemen. Yeah, some dapper Dans. Matthew McConaughey, uh, you say he wins another Oscar soon? For this? Just off, Not this, but no. just off the top of your head. I think he, he has I, one more in the tank. I, I mean, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I agree. I he, he reminds me of like a Bruce Dern or like an older type. Well, same thing like Christopher Nolan. It's like there's still greatness to behold in the future. Like there's yeah. still potential for awesomeness. So like he's not done yet. And he's he great and gentleman. Yeah. So 
Thank you guys so much for suffering through this one. I promise next week will be better. We'll find a movie to talk about. But uh, enjoy the gentleman talk. Peace. Yeah. See And we're back. That was some break. Oh, wow. What a break. Well, I don't even know if that one broke five seconds. <laughs> but I refreshed. Ah, I drank some water, hang out. Anyways, welcome back. We are going to talk about the 47th Guy Ritchie movie. Um, which, uh, I like that Guy Ritchie. He Lock, stock, and two smuggle barrels, five. Like, yeah, basically the same same type of wheelhouse. Uh, well, same and different. But oh, they're all different. But it's all cockney uh, criminals. Cockney once criminals. upon a time, a long time ago, in uh, jolly old England, this young chap named by the name of Guy, he uh, he married a he married a woman that only had one name, uh, and she suddenly got a British accent for some, for no reason, uh, <laughs> but. Guy Ritchie, the uh, director of such great films, Lock, Stocks, Two Smoke Barrels, Snatch, Rock and Roll, uh, Sherlock Holmes 1, Sherlock Holmes 2, that terrible King Arthur movie, <laughs> a terrible Aladdin movie. Yeah. And now The Gentleman. Which was pretty, was, was a, a pretty good. Pretty dang good. Uh, so, you and I just saw this, you saw it twice, right? I've seen it twice. I, uh, you saw it again after we saw it or before? Yeah, after we saw it. Uh... I think it was yesterday or something. I, I drive for Lyft and Lyft was a little slow that day and I was in the neighborhood of my favorite theater. I was uh, like, might as well. I get into the movie for free anyway, so it was just like, all right, why not? Duck in. Like, so, it's, who knows how many Guy Ritchie movies like this are going to be made in the future. Like, yeah, you're not this wrong. This could be his last, um, like, crime. It's performing well, uh, as far as I can see. I mean, I, I when we went to the theater together, uh, I made a comment and I regretted it just a bit because I liked, end up liking the movie. But as we were selecting our seats, it was like all green, all available. I was like, oh, bomb guy, Richie, bomb. <laughs> but I, I think that's, his movies have like such a specific, specific True. audience. That and, but after seeing it, everything, how expensive could that movie have possibly have been? Yeah, and once I, yeah, absolutely. Once you actually see it, I mean, granted it is uh, well, little... well affected. Like the effects are very good in it. Um, the cam work is really good. Cinematography, yeah. Yeah, the cinematography is really good. I was actually very surprised. Like the chase scenes and all that, like turn of the corner, all that. Was yeah, surprising. and they weren't too. Um, they weren't too. Sometimes uh, a lot of chase scenes nowadays they get really disorienting. Mm. Like you're not even sure where half the shit is in the scene. Thank you, Jason Bourne. Oh, shaky cam. That and uh, as much as I love the trilogy, thank you, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Oh, yes, let's obscure every moment of action. Let's just see Cape flying around. And mind you, I worship that trilogy, but like. Cut, cut, yeah. Cut, cut, cut. We can thank that kind of shit for. Yeah, and I mean, to a certain extent, that it's been battled back a bit mm-hmm. by uh, guys like Matt Reeves, uh, director of the Dawn of the Age movies. How do you give him credit? Uh, Zack Snyder. Guys, Zack Snyder as well. Uh, guys like Matthew Vaughn, mm-hmm. the, uh, who does the Kingsman series. Oh, that church scene. Is, oh, still oh one God. of the best. And it's an unbroken, well, not unbroken, but it's almost unbroken shot. Yeah, you know, hidden shot. cut, Hidden cuts, etc. But um, Gentleman's kind of... In the same wheelhouse as those, it reminded me of Kingsman just a little bit. Maybe that's just English. Mm-hmm. But I guess Kingsman is also ripping off Guy Ritchie a good bit, too. So, you know, it works out. I mean, that's 
It's not even ripping off Gary. It's yeah, they're paying homage. It's kind of well, it's, influenced by. And listen, I'm not from the UK, so if anyone that's listening from the UK is listening to me now and thinks I'm an idiot, that's fine. But it's thing. It's the Cockney Street kind of Eliza Doolittle talk accent. Like Kingsman does that. Every character in Guy Ritchie is like that. Even Hugh Grant, who is always like prim and proper. Yeah, is, he's like a like, down and dirty. He's never talked in a movie like this. Like he didn't. He's always yeah. been the handsome homeless oh, steal your girl. He's the you proper know? English gentleman. Yeah, and this he's like a rogue. Yeah, yeah, a scoundrel, a scallywag. Even mm-hmm. it, it's the it's the Cockney street accent that talk very kind of, edged kind of life. Mm-hmm. It's not the lordship type. Talk yeah, like. so we should explain um, the gentleman. Uh, the twenty twenty guy Richie movie is. Um, the story of a young American lad who goes over to England and becomes uh, basically the Nino Brown of weed. Pretty much. Because weed is still illegal at that point, or the point of the story at least, in England. He went from trailer trash in California to Oxford Scholar. Yeah, so he, um, Matthew McConaughey's character moves across the pond, as they say, um, becomes like this big deal, Possibly. and... He he does it through uh, set up deals with all the lords and, la- and ladies of the land. They have these proper, big proper manners that their kids inherit, and the kids don't know what the fuck to do with it. It costs too much in property tax, all this other shit. He mostly made all those connections like going through like the yeah, fam- by the actually, fancy colleges like through exactly. Their like he goes he he goes kind of uh, the old English route of like. Meeting at school and, you know, really forming bonds through whatever. And those kids introduce them to their parents. And, and basically that. he uses the underground bunkers on the nobles' lands to grow all this product. Because the country, the one thing the country lacks in England is land. Mm-hmm. You know, that's only so big. So go underground, why not? Uh, but Matthew McConaughey, who's a middle-aged gentleman, he's in his 50s now, I believe. Or getting very close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to get out of the game. He's made a nice lady, you know, just you know, as as you do. They called it, and they called her, and I forgot the character's name, but they called her the Cockney Cleopatra. That's right, they did. Julius Caesar, you know, like yeah. Uh, so Matthew McConaughey plays uh, Michael Pearson, Mickey, you know, because yeah. you know he, Mickey Piss. Uh, yeah, Mickey, Mickey Piss. Um, Michelle Dockery plays Rosalind. Which is his wife. And she was fantastic in it. Uh, very much so. She reminded me a lot of... Um, and she's famous from Downton Abbey, of course. Uh, there were a couple people dun, in the audience dun. as soon as they saw her. They were like, oh. oh. Um, but she reminded me very much of a... Um, uh, what is her name? Damn, the redhead. Not Amy... Uh, uh, Juliet... Uh, the one that's married to L.E.G. Borat? I uh, believe so. No, 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 not her. Not her. The older one. She's in uh, Magnolia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's very late here, guys. We're trying to... I, I can't remember every actor in Magnolia. Dude, the movie's, the movie's movie. like four hours long. Oh, Magnolia. Oh, I'm thinking of Adaptation. Julianne Moore. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Um, uh-huh. Speaking of Kingsman, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the role of McConaughey's wife in this really reminded me of a Julianne Moore type. Mm. That kind of uh, confident older woman yeah. type. 
that that I think she does a really good job of. But I, I think that it was a nice playoff of each other, of like the husband and wife, instead of having like one who's fuddy-duddy and one who's all business. They're partners. Yeah, they're like high-powered partners. She runs a chop shop, and he runs his weed deal operations. Yeah. They, they both are calling the shots. Like, there's a scene where she's confronted by... I won't spoil anything, but... She's confronted, confronted by, like, competition, and Matthew McConaughey goes, oh, yeah, well, that's cool, but don't ever confront my wife like that, ever again. Yeah. yeah. So they're so tied together that he wants to get out of the business. And uh, his right-hand man, played by Charlie Hunnam, is uh, kind of the shepherd of all of that, yeah. you know, to help him ease out of the business. And then from there, you know, as you do in a gangster movie, you have uh, some rival gangs who want to step on the turf. And yep. A uh, young buck who, who wants to get up in the ranks, et cetera, et cetera. You guys can kind of extrapolate from there. Yeah. But um, it had moments in it because it's all framed through the frame of, uh, through the lens rather, of Hugh Grant, who is a private detective. Um, Hugh Grant plays Fletcher, who worked, he's, he's a detective for a PI for hire, more or less. He's got like he a does weird retainer shit. contract with like local newspapers. Exactly. So he finds out about all of the business dealings and he confronts the right-hand man played by Charlie Hunnam and basically he he's extorting them. He's like, I want such and such money or this story that I'm telling you, I'm going to tell to my bosses at the newspaper and they'll just arrest you guys and all that. Mm-hmm. But he's... The way that he's explaining it all is through the frame of a screenplay that he's written. Yeah. <laughs> so he's written this screenplay to also sell called Bush. And he's telling the story of it as a way of masking what he knows about mm-hmm. the actual happenings with Matthew McConaughey. He's not only blackmailing them, though, but he's also like wording it in a way that like... He's also kind of trying to help them in a sense, like yeah, because like his editor is helping on exposing and destroying them, like right. So it's like he is blackmailing them, but he's also trying to like buddy with them, being like, "Listen, like I'm your best alternative, kind of to all this," and that's pretty much like yeah. He he just uh, he, he plays it like he's your friend, but he's like a sheep in wolf's clothing. A little, exactly, just a little bit. Or other way around, or or you know, wolf and sheep. Yeah, clothing. there you go. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but I I think that it it plays so well. Like I think that that and also um, Charlie Hunnam has kind of this like a quiet. <clears throat> excuse me. Like a quiet dedication. To uh, Mickey, almost. Or, like, he doesn't want to say any... He doesn't say or do anything that isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Even the missions that he's sent on by Mickey. Like, he goes and uh, retrieves a, a super rich, fancy girl. Yeah. From uh, the daughter of a lord who's fallen into the crowd of heroin users. <laughs> and... He's just so polite, like just please let me in the door. He's got a commanding presence. Exactly, and when it, right when he needs to be. But you can tell the relationship with Fletcher right off the bat because of how they interact with each other. It's like, oh, uh, you want some steak? It's it's wagyu beef. Yeah, I'll make you one. And it's obvious that this is <coughs> his first encounter with Fletcher. Obviously, like yeah, definitely. You know, like like the way they play coy with each other, like. Um, 
they're in the backyard and Fletcher wants to go inside and use the restroom. He goes, all right, but shoes off when you go inside. Fletcher goes, yes, mommy. Like, <laughs> yeah, and he has, like, he keeps insinuating uh, mm-hmm. some sort of romantic relationship. Or that he's some sort of attraction to Yeah. Him. It's like, I like it when you get all nasty with it's me. Like, oh, something. boy. Hugh Grant, I, I feel like Hugh Grant really had fun in that role. Honestly, Hugh Grant, in like the longest time like, that I've seen him, he's really stepped out of his wheelhouse. For this role, I, like, feel, I felt like he kind of stole the show. Um, totally if not, did. if not for the presence of one other person, we'll speak on soon. Um, Hugh Grant kind of did. He he commanded the story in such a way, and I mean, I I think part of that is he's the narrator. Yeah. So you you, you kind of feel that loyalty to him, regardless. Mm-hmm. But it is very much so. Like, oh man, this guy is. He he got over on him, you know. He happened to find he he found what they could where they were trying to hide so yeah. well. I mean that and like his speech and the dialogue and the slang and the word like we've never seen him on this level. Like like I've said earlier, he's always played the prim and proper, fancy British dude versus the I don't know if this worked. Right I keep saying it, Cockney street style, like right. They and every character talks like that. They all got the witty, fast, just. It's, it's like, that honestly, it's a guy Richie signature. It's, at this exactly, point. and I. But you've, I, as far as I know, I've never seen Hugh Grant play a character like this before. He really stepped out of his box. I feel like for this role, I could see that. I feel like he's he's, he's so. The guy always steals your girl, or is like handsome, or at the ball. Yeah, what's like. Or he, he's in a witty British comedy, but like this, he's like sleazy, and I liked it. I liked seeing him play this. I also, um, I mean, this is a uh, a mild spoiler, I guess we could say. Um, but throughout throughout the movie, I'll try to stay light, guys. Uh, throughout the movie, there are certain action sequences that play out that are Fletcher's imaginings of. How the situation played out. Mm. So he wasn't there, but he's telling Raymond, Charlie Hunnam's character, uh, the story of what he thinks happened. Well, and then. Deductive reasoning. Yeah, and then, you know, Raymond will pull him back down to earth sometimes, like, no, you're, you know, you're getting crazy. That's no, not blah. like him. Or, yeah, he said, oh, that's not like Mickey if something's out of his range. Or you can see his reaction kind of taper to. What he's saying. Sometimes he's like, oh shit, this guy's on something. So it's... But through that, a lot of the... Not a lot, but a a good number of the more uh, interesting action scenes or that that are kind of... Have a bigger implication to the story. Like, oh man, this could mean something totally different to the Mm -hmm. story. Are made up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you get to see how things would play out. Mm Mm-hmm. If this decision were made. Definitely. But then he's like, oh, no, that's not him at Until all. Until it's cut off. Exactly. Yeah. But it allows you just that little glimpse of like, oh, shit. Matthew McConaughey's doing this, that, and the other. Uh-huh. But it's not actually happening. <laughs> um, Reminded me of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that way. Oh, yeah, That little sure. flashback, flash forward. Definitely. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it looks like it was made for 22 22 million? Yeah, that's not Relatively peanuts budget nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because you always double the movie for the advertising, which... Um, which studio is this? I mean, look at that cast, for goodness sake. But... That's almost guaranteed. And I mean, this could have something to do with it, but the production company was Miramax. Mm. Um, but I was going to say, uh, I was telling people at my day job, 
how how good this movie was. Mm-hmm. Like I was very surprised, so I started telling everybody. You know, that's how you get original movies to get more, more mm-hmm. well seen, guys. If you like it, let Word somebody let somebody know. <laughs> uh, but as I was telling people about it, I realized like they didn't advertise this movie at all. I've seen like I've seen a couple like thirty second long minute long YouTube videos, mm-hmm. but I think that's just because it might be geared towards me. You know then again, I mean? how much cable are we watching where advertisements come around? Very true, but I feel like you know scrolling Instagram, etc. You see a lot of ads just daily, just going through Facebook and yeah, shit like that. Definitely on Facebook, yeah. And I mean, you always double the you always double the budget to get the. Budget and the ad budget. Mm-hmm. So twenty two million. If they only spent twenty two million on budgeting, that's nothing nowadays. Like they're being flooded out by Marvel movies, and Marvel movies aren't even advertising yet. Yeah, they're being flooded out by they're Marvel DVD advertising. Yeah. So uh, well, Black Widow's coming back. So true, Black Widow true. trailers kind of took over now. Big true true. The big true true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, STX Films and Entertainment. Film distributed. Uh, STX does a lot of stuff. They did. Uh, da, 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 sorry, um, but they are, if I'm not mistaken, an American company. But they have like uh, Hong Kong stock investors. Ah, uh, so uh-huh. so they're doing like overseas projects. A lot, yeah, um, but they did. Uh, they did uh, a lot of. Smaller shit, but anyways, we're not gonna get into all the distribution companies. Yeah, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna. Know. I'm not gonna get you guys that deep into we're not the. Get all Bill Gates and. You um, know. cinematography by Alan Stewart. I don't see any other credits, so I'm wondering if this is one of his first. Mm-hmm. I don't know who really. I don't know who usually does Guy Ritchie's cinematography. I don't believe he Neither works with a single. I mean, person. I imagine a lot of the magic is in the editing department for Guy Ritchie. Movies. Absolutely, with all the. <clears throat> Cutting scene, you know, and this one didn't have too much of that. It did have um, really interesting moments of uh, like whenever they did start talking about the story he's telling as a script, they would go and show like the frames of the projector mm-hmm. on the screen, like then yeah. the image would get smaller and like it was inside the frame projectors. Uh, it would do things like that where like you would hear the sound of like a, the film real slapping against mm-hmm. the thing. Uh, just small little accents like that. Or when somebody, you know, when he's telling a story or something, obviously we cut back to the flashback. But then he would like fuck up and go back in the story and re- and like he'd say something again, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it would change how it happened. Um, so stuff like that is really inventive to Definitely. keep it. Because really, I mean, it's it's two guys talking in a backyard. And Back one dude's telling a story to another guy, and we're seeing the story as it happens. It's almost like that, uh, the Ant Man scene where he's telling a story, oh, and we're Pena. seeing everything happen. Yeah, um, it's that, but just a whole movie of that. One um, thing honorable mention that we forgot to talk about is Colin Farrell was awesome. Yeah, that was the other character um, that if if he, if Colin Farrell weren't in the movie, Hugh Grant would have stole the show. Yeah, but Colin Farrell. Oh. Wow, um, he's he's an old he's an old boxing instructor at a gym. Hey, he likes to reform <clears throat> naughty boys. He like, yeah, boys. he likes to take guys off the streets, give them a home, clean them up, teach them how to fight. You know, get he's, discipline, all that. Yeah, all all the good Don Amici, you know, Don Father figure shit. kind of stuff that he's trying to do. Um, but 
his his boys, boys will be boys. They go out and, and make rowdy fight vids at night, which I guess is real big on the English internet. Right. They make uh in this, in this movie at least. Yeah, at least in this movie. <laughs> they um they go out and make fight vids and then they put um grime music under it. <laughs> yeah, that they all perform. Yeah, they like. all perform music videos. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just splice that. I mean, it's a With great marketing. With them mar- beating the ever-living Listen, shit out of people. It's like, great marketing. It is. Uh, Songs but, are half bad either. Um, his boys discover the location of one of Matthew McConaughey's weed houses. And they go down there, and of course it's guarded, and they beat the shit out of these guys. <laughs> and they record, they put their camera. They record, yeah, and- they record this entire, I mean... It's almost like the El Dorado scene in uh, Pineapple Express. Oh. <laughs> like when they get down to the basement and they just see like rows and rows of marijuana plants. <laughs> it's the same thing, but they're sitting there beating the shit out of people yeah, in front of like all these purple neon. Yeah, and fighting going on. Like, <laughs> it's just too much. And they're beating the shit. These guys didn't stand a chance. But because of that, uh, Matthew McConaughey was trying to sell the weed business and get out of life. He has to still go and prove that he's the king of the jungle because... People are using that opportunity to prey on his weaknesses, mm-hmm. essentially. And uh, it devolves from there, you can imagine. But good movie. Really good. I was um, I was surprised. I mean, I a couple episodes back, you guys can hear me talking shit about the gentleman. Because the commercial, now in fairness, the first trailer they showed you, it looks like the Matthew McConaughey Lincoln car commercials. <laughs> When he's on screen, yeah, just because you know he's, he's all, all fancy, and yeah. Um, and so at first, it looked like it was just like a commercial, like you know, how some movies are just badly shot, they look like soap operas or they look like whatever. Mm. Looking at you on saying <laughs> Steven Soderbergh, um, but uh, it had that kind of like aesthetic. Actually, watching the movie, it's not noticeable like that at all. No, there are definitely some. Some parts where they're like, uh, in old Hollywood, they used to call them glamour shots, where it's kind of like a bust, like shoulder up shot mm. of an actor, and like the background is all blurry, and the actor's all like real shiny, and mm. you know what I mean? Like you can really see their eyes, and yeah, they do that a lot, which mm. I mean, hey, Matthew McConaughey is one of those guys, he's no big, mm-hmm. and I mean, they, he's a love struck fool in this, so it kind of plays into that. But there was a couple times where I was just like, okay, I, I understand. Yeah. Like you, it's not a, it's not great for like an entire scene. But anyways, mm-hmm. this is my personal gripe. Yeah. Um, Guy Ritchie's style is the um, number one thing I noticed about this movie. Um, if you guys listen to the Joe Rogan episode with Guy Ritchie, which I highly recommend, uh, he talks about his own personal philosophy. He wears suits everywhere he goes. He thinks of it as like his medieval armor, mm. like the knights back in the times, you know, and they go out and do perform their duty. They had their armor. I show up to set with a suit, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he always has like beautiful custom suits. He's, Kingsman. He's that kind of guy. Kingsman. And now, uh, this is the first of his movies because, I mean, Lockstock is very uh, low budget, very grimy. So same for Snatch, same for Rock and Roller in a certain degree. Definitely. Um, so all of his movies have kind of, and King Arthur as well, 
Uh, and and Jesus and Sherlock Holmes. They're all kind of that grimy. <laughs> oh yeah, like London coal era. There's literally or modern coal. Era. I can't think of one scene in those Robert Downey Sherlock Holmes where the sun is shining. And yeah, kind of it's always it's always that. Mm-hmm. But in this, I think it's his first chance to like he really spreads his wings and like like okay no everybody's wearing a suit. Everybody is very bespoke. Everybody's wearing like crazy expensive Italian shit. It, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. Like, when Matthew McConaughey is sitting in his office and, like, nobody's allowed to speak to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they have to sit down at the table and wait for him to speak to them first. Some real Godfather Even type Charlie shit. Even Charlie Hunnam with his, like, raincoat and his, like, suit yeah. underneath it. Like, and he has a big-ass machine gun under it. He's got it's the just, SMG, like, on a string underneath his arm. Like. It's just, it's it's very dapper. And, I mean, you notice it right away. I mean, the title is The Gentleman. But your dapper dads. Yeah, I wondered if, uh, because the script that Fletcher is selling in the movie is called Bush, I wonder if that was the original title of the movie. Maybe. And they changed it to The Gentleman. Because The Gentleman is, uh, I mean, it's fine, but it's an overall kind of For bland a long title. time, I thought The Gentleman was the Kingsman prequel. I was like, oh, yeah. I can't wait for The Gentleman. And, like, and oh. it's The Kingsman. And they're like... You know, that's like not that guy it. Richie movie. That guy Richie's doing a Kingsman movie. Like, no, it's a, it's no, a it's a guy Richie clone, thing. Matthew Vaughn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's an okay title, but it, it's definitely not one of those like, oh, what's that movie about? Movie's better than the title. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just like Shrek. Just like Shrek. Shrek. Uh, Shrek. The that's what you're gonna call the 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 most important tale of the 21st century. That's what we're going to call Shrek. <laughs> Just name it out for the troll. Shrek? See, because the whole movie is not about what's on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. Home, it's about what's on the inside. And then it is what about what's about on the outside because they're both ogres. So technically, it is about what's on the outside. Because mm. they're both ogres. Mm. Ah. <laughs> it wasn't her heart that was pure. It was like, oh, you look like me. Cool. Anyways, I mean, he liked her when she was pretty. He liked her when she was a swamp monster. Yeah, so that is kind of like the heart inside type it's, thing. It's and she liked him always. He's like, damn, she's pretty. And then when she turns into a swamp monster, she's like, I can deal with this. This is even better. Yeah, I'm glad you're a swamp monster. Yeah. Hmm. At least I don't have to worry about hurting you now. I'm gonna put that in my vows. I'm glad you're a swamp monster. <laughs> 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 I was gonna say something. But. It's like that big ass monster from Spirited Away that gets no. washed in the bath. <laughs> oh, it's a river spirit. Oh, is that your wife? She's gurgling. <laughs> Anyways, it's real early. It's real late. Can you tell? Um, yeah, the title. The movie's better than the title. Gentlemen, it's a whack title. Um, I should just call the movie Matthew McConaughey the Boss. But you know what, though, I think that. Kingsman, to a certain degree, stole their thunder because Kingsman would have been a total perfect title. <laughs> yeah, it would have. Because Matthew Connor is the king, get it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do have to give one special little shout out to um, one of the characters in this movie. Do, 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 do. Not the guy that played Fuck, even though that was cool. Henry Golding played uh, Dry Eye. Uh, Henry Golding has been coming up for a little bit, a uh, Malaysian American actor. He was in uh, Crazy Rich Asians a couple years ago. I think he was um, in that movie with Khaleesi, that Christmas. Uh, last Christmas, yeah. yeah I think he was in that um, movie. And there was rumors way back circulating that he was going to be the uh, Asian Batman. Ah. Or Nightwing. One of the, one of the two. 
But um, he did really well in this. I actually, the character was a little flat. Like, it's just kind of like the usual, like, I want to be king. I want to blah, blah, blah. I have ambition. I'm going to be on top. Fuck you guys. You guys don't tell me what to do. I don't care about the old ways. I'm going to rape your wife. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't care about the old ways, old man. You know, that kind of role. I feel bitter. But it, it, for what it was, he did really well, I think. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Um, I, I, I don't know why his name was Dry Eye. Maybe because he didn't shed a tear whenever anybody dies. That'd be cool. I mean, he was quite sociopathic. That's a that's a cl- that's a cold blooded name if that's the case. I mean, he, for something really kind of minor, he threatened to murder a man's entire family. So they call me Dry Eye because I never shed a tear. I mean, if you're threatening to kill like babies and shit, I imagine you would be a Dry Eye. Yeah. yeah. Or they call him Dry Eye because he doesn't leave the dry eye in the house. He makes everybody cry after he kills their relative. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. Okay. Okay. You know, like you're gonna stay alive and you're gonna watch this. Right. Well, I, right. Pew, 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 pew. No dry eyes left when I leave the scene. Because mm-hmm. I killed it. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm looking too much into this. But Maybe. Guy Ritchie wrote it, so I. <laughs> um, twenty-two mil. Like I said, it's already made thirty-six though. So it's already made more than its budget. It's on its way to make to double it at least. It'll it'll double it. That's only eight million more. Yeah. Um. I I liked this, especially as an original project. I'm glad to see Guy Ritchie's. He did he, he did his uh, Disney Purgatory, so they let him make films again. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of it, right? You have to go through the Disney machine in order to make your passion project. I mean, finally, if, if you want to make some big bucks, I guess you just gotta. Robert Downey Jr. Tough had enough. to. Chris had Evans to. had to. He realized that's the hand that fed him. Robert Downey is a different story than uh, Guy Ritchie. I don't know, man. He is. I'm. I'm not. I'm just saying in terms of Here's having to go. Like you have to kind of do that Disney like mass appeal movie in order to get your smaller thing funded. You know, almost. You know what? Like Robert Downey. I mentioned this. I think maybe on another part. He was gonna leave after Age of Ultron. The rumors, and then the judge didn't do so well, and then he stuck around with Disney. Yeah. A little more, and he re-signed the contract, and then he did Endgame yeah. and all that. I'm just saying, like. No, 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 that's, that's a totally different yeah. They're story. not on. They're not. They're not comparable stories. Like so but far, the, the whole idea of them. RDJ's like career outside of MCU hasn't been that great. Whereas Guy yeah. Ritchie, he stepped. He gets some fat cash from Aladdin, and then well, this whatever. is this. But I'm just saying that the fact that the first thing after they're out of Disney is this thing they've been wanting to make for a long time that has a smaller. Well, not for Doolittle, but a smaller budget. You know what I mean? That that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, you got to pay the toll. You got to pay the, the troll, troll toll. toll. You know what I mean? Like you have to do. You got to do Disney stuff first. Then we'll give you the money for gentlemen. I mean, I don't know about Disney stuff first, but like, you got to have a successful project. But and, Guy Ritchie, well, I yeah, mean, he did do King, he did do King Arthur and King Arthur. King was Arthur was a, a dud. But Aladdin was successful. Not as successful as they wanted. That it was movie was kind of bomb, too. It didn't bomb. It's not just, bombed, but... Uh, but I was saying, it's like... It made, it made some pretty decent money, Aladdin, actually. It actually broke a couple records, if I'm not mistaken. I think Mulan will do well. They, apparently, they've changed, the mo- they've changed the entire movie like two times now. I said before on one of the podcasts a week or so back, I was really pretty impressed with the trailer. It's the newest trailer, so... 
Yeah. Whether or not it does well, whether or not like this whole like live action Disney adaptations get stale and people don't see them anymore, I will say that I'm probably gonna go see Mulan. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I do, I really like. I'm not sour about it, but I've been a little sour grapes about some of the stuff. But they made it more along the lines of the traditional story, which I can understand. It looks but, good though. It looks serious. It doesn't. No Eddie Murphy. No, you don't need. It's a f- Mushu. It looks like a serious um, movie. It doesn't like the trailer I saw didn't remind me of a Disney movie at all. It yeah, reminded me. It looks like a war movie almost. It looked good. Like I, I was, I was impressed. Well, like, I guess. Donnie Yen's in it. Mike. I mean, I've been wrong already this year. I thought the gentleman wasn't going to be that good. I'll just say, like, so. out of all the live action adaptations, this one feels the least like a live action adaptation. Uh, like this looks like some heart was put into it a little bit. Hmm. And like, and I've never really been excited for it, but I saw the last show. I was like, God damn, I kind of like that. What are you going to do about the songs? There's no songs in it. Shame. Well, you know. Dishonor on you. <sighs> dishonor on your cow. <laughs> this. I don't need songs. I mean, I was. I guess I'm happy that they're doing something different with live action a little bit, other than a I feel shot, like I was deprived. I feel like I was deprived of the songs in Lion King because the damn animals didn't have emotions, and then uh... I mean the songs in Mulan aren't that memorable for me. What? For me at least, they are. The scene where she's training and she's going up the pole, all that the montage of training, that's dope. But other than that, I can't think of a other memorable song that I go, oh yeah, like. Whereas, like, Lion King, I can think of, like, s- several different songs. You're crazy, man. Mulan's, the t- when, he, when he's teaching him how to be a man. Mulan's awesome. Yeah, man, you must... That, that's that the song? training montage, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Then there's the... That, um, I can't think of another song that... The uh, Reflection song, of course. That's one of okay. the best songs. I could, I, I, now that you reminded me, I can think of that. Okay. Then, uh, remember that when there's... At the T... Remember when they're when they're about to drink the tea and all the gay all the girls are there. God damn, is Mulan on Disney Plus? I'm gonna watch. Dude, that Mulan right is now. good as fuck. That's what and, I'm no, saying. I love Mulan. I love um, it. That's why I'm excited for this but, movie. Um, it is doesn't that... have a lot of songs, but the songs are really impact. The songs are a big part of Mulan. Yeah, but I would say I would argue that like Lion King songs are way more memorable than Mulan. Yeah, but the Lion King songs aren't as impactful. Hell, the even... Lion King songs are almost like the Greek chorus. They're just telling you what's happening in the hell, story. Hell, even Beauty. Well, speaking of Greek chorus, fucking the music in Hercules is better. Oh, when are we getting live action Hercules? They're making it. I, I, I've i heard rumors. How good is it? Oh, man. Damn. I hope they don't fuck that up. <laughs> That's one of the ones. You think they'll get, uh, what's his name back? Ooh, piece of candy. Oh, uh, James Woods. And James Woods. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, one per- the fan cast on the internet that's been pretty popular is... And it's generic. Idris Elba. No, 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 no. Yeah, everybody. Get um, um, Tom Hiddleston to play Loki, and get uh, Thor to play Hercules. Oh, not, I have I mean, seen get, that. Get Tom Hiddleston to play Hades. Excuse me. And then yeah, get, and get Chris Hemsworth to play Hercules. Yeah, that could actually be cool. It does work, but it's still the nail on the head. Is and it would be through. you could you could definitely do the um, fuck yeah, it the, is on Disney Plus. You could do the himbo type thing. With Chris Hemsworth, and, mm-hmm. and almost like the uh, like the Ghostbusters, the assistant in Ghostbusters, except not mentally handicapped, stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, he can, well, just, be, he can just be a jock. 
what modern day artists like sing singers would you get to play like the moving portraits on the faces singing the stories? Like if you could pick like I mean, singers right now, like our group. I mean, I know they just did it, but you got to shell out and get Beyonce right. Get her, but not remember as a they, solo, obviously. No, but no, but remember in the in the in the group of the people sing, all the girls sing on this. There's like the one lead one, and then there's all the ones. That I just follow. remember the four. I mean, it's been a long time. But I remember the four kind of just doing their thing. Yeah, I they guess. all have their thing, but each one has like a separate personality. Why, why or Jennifer get Rihanna Hudson. or Jennifer Hudson. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess. I why, feel like Jennifer why not Hudson, Jennifer Hudson and Rihanna? Oh, well, we want to lead. So I mean, you got to pick one and then just have like a couple girls behind them. But that would be like, assuming they don't want to like like Mulan do a traditional Greek Hercules story. Like if they were to just do a verbatim like live action adaptation of an animated feature, like. It'd be crucial to cast correctly for the singers. Yeah, for sure. It was super crucial. Damn, I, hope, I honestly, I'm hoping they don't do Hercules now because they're gonna fuck it up. <laughs> like, what are they gonna do about Hades' hair, huh? You ever think about anime that? Hair? I mean, Ghost you ever think Rider. about that? What do they do with Ghost Rider? I mean, come on, it's no different than Ghost Rider. Flaming hair, wavy. Yeah, yeah. Hair. You say that, and then you look at Will Smith as a genie, and you're like, oh god. I don't, honestly. Like, I haven't seen the whole Aladdin all the way. Will Smith was one of the highlights of the movie for me. He is. He just, the genie doesn't look believable at all. Honestly, I think he looks better in the CG blue form than he does, like, with the actual. The stupid, yeah, human like, form. Yeah, I agree. With, like, the Middle Eastern, like, But I'm just saying, like, the CG clothes. form, the CG form is not. And the stupid, like, fake goatee that he's got, like, it's, gah. It's like, it's like Tyler Perry with all the facial There's more won't stop talking about magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were really going to say back then. They wouldn't, they wouldn't like, oh, he's talking about a prince. No, they'd be like, what is this? Well, thing? you see here, this, uh, this Moor offered me three magic wishes. Like, you believe him? Like, this Moor told me to rub a lamp. <laughs> it's like, that's not his <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but, man. Yeah. Uh, but... but yeah. Guy Ritchie. I mean, hey, we brought it back around to Guy Ritchie. We were talking about Aladdin. There we go. Yeah, we were talking about Disney Check that out. 2D pictures in general. Yeah, and then we rounded it back around. Yeah. Um yeah. to Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. Um I'm glad they I'm glad Guy Ritchie got to make the gentleman. I like it. Um I would like a sequel. I kinda wanna see a sequel to Rock and Roller though. And I, I Rock would. and Roller strongly hinted but, at But uh I just I love Charlie Hunnam in, in okay, Gentleman a lot. I think he's underrated. I think King Arthur kind of uh, sullied his reputation a little bit. He was great in Papillon or Pap... I don't know how you pronounce Pap- it. Papillon. Papillon or Papillon, whatever. It's called Butterfly. And he was great in that and he was great in um, Lost City of Z. Like, he... Which were both both of those Pacific movies. Rim. Pacific Rim. Dude has some chops. Like, he's... Um, He's really good. He can do the humor. He can do drama. Yeah, but uh, that would be the main reason I would want to see a sequel is to see what Charlie Hunnam could do in that role. Because, oh, I mean, yeah. we get little glimpses of, you know, him as the right-hand man. And but foreshadowing that eventually he's going to be running The leader, shit. yeah. Like, he could take over eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, hey, it's an original movie. First one of 2020 that we've seen. And it's good. Uh, actually, that's not true. Did you see... Hmm, is that true? What's the first what? original we saw of 2020? Uh, 
the first one I saw, I guess, is Like a Boss. Like, you saw Like a Boss before this one? Yeah, I, I saw Like a Boss weeks ago. So, yeah. That might be it. I think Like a Boss. I didn't see the... Like a Boss. I want to say... Hmm. What was mine? Uh, I guess this was my first. I mean, original. oh, 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 1917. Oh, you're right. But you're right. though that's has a 2019 release. Ah, that's right. Guys. But I mean, that's the first one we saw. Wide release. It was 2019 release. Yeah. Eh, we'll but talk about still, it. Still, though, that's the first one we saw uh, of the year. I think. Yeah. And that was as original as it gets. Yeah, it was. Mm. Christy Wilson Carnes wrote the hell out of that movie. Yeah. She, her and yeah. Sam Mendes. Uh, anyways. Uh, episode 36? Episode 36. I In the bag. Sure. Man, it's very late here. Uh, but it's a good little episode. It's 304. Good, my Ruiz. goodness. We waited until the very end. We went and saw Parasite again. Well, I did. Alex hadn't seen it. Yeah, it was my first time seeing it. I really dug uh, it. We'll talk about that soon, though. We'll give a full reaction. Maybe when it wins Best Picture... At the Oscars, mm-hmm. I don't think they'll let that happen. But you know, but when we talk about it, don't expect me. I, mean, I don't know about you, but don't expect me to like give the names. It's going to be referred to as the mom, the, dad, <laughs> the brother and sister, and then rich family. That's yeah. how <laughs> rich mom, rich dad. And the only character I remember is um, uh, Jessica and Jessica. Part of my French, the song, the song. Yeah, the boy. This song is the little. The Those little are the song. only character names I can recall. They kept saying his name over and over. Yeah, yeah I mean, and sometimes. I mean, you can't blame me though. These, you know, I'm an American. You know, something. It's a different. I remember Jessica's rules. name because she's Jessica. Yeah, like, and I mean, in Korean, sometimes movie. family Fantastic name. Movie. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm glad you got to see it at least in a theater too, because mm-hmm. it, it plays really well. A lot of the sound, it totally does. And everything. But we'll talk about that soon when it wins an Oscar. For now, that is going to be it for us this week. Next week, uh, it'll be after the Super Bowl, but it won't be the Oscars yet. It'll probably be like that. Our episode will be right before the Oscars, I believe, mm. but I can't remember. Uh, but anyways, we will see you guys next week. As always, you can email us at filmcastpodcast.gmail.com. Tell us anything we got wrong. Tell us anything I forgot. Yeah, if, you know, if I was fucking up all that cockney you know talk whatever it's called put me in my place because yeah, but i'm just know. going off my own you know dumb guy flurry and mm-hmm. knowledge from movies and pop culture so <laughs> and we each was able to describe it on hot ones when he was eating those wings that's right but uh, is, is everybody's fan cast for everything <laughs> oh they're remaking my best friend's wedding cast each yourself anyways <laughs> uh you could also dm us at filmcast podcast on instagram we're gonna fix that up soon i promise as soon as you make a new one and you give me the fucking password you're right you're right i mean it's, you it's give me a password a man i will i will post i'll post so much it's post so much while. for you bro it's been a while <laughs> so much for you bro <laughs> anyways thanks for listening so much guys if you could please rate review let your friends know uh go see the gentleman go uh, see it. um donate to i don't know australia's burning yeah, um, save those goddamn koalas, man. Um, clean up the ocean. Please stop polluting. You know, think before you throw. You know, man, there's an island of. Tr- there's an island bigger than Australia of trash in the ocean. It's big, I think I know it's it bigger than Texas. Oh well, well, whatever. well you What's know the what? Difference? It's big. It's big as fuck. Like 
Like rattlesnakes, deadly spiders. It's all the same shit. I'm not here to crick nobody. They're both on fire. Yeah. It's... Anyways, we're going to go before we say some problematic shit. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. See you then. Peace.